Impeachment is looming for Joe Biden. Be prepared to pay a little bit more for that half-calf, half-decaf, extra-hot macchiato at Starbucks. Uh, they've just proof, proven the adage, um, go woke, go broke. And finally, we'll get to it. Everything is racist. This is Gene. You're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, you may notice I'm a little bit more subdued today, a little quieter. The reason is simple. Um, Kids are still asleep. Yes, it's 10 o'clock on a Friday and people are still asleep here. So I have to be a little quieter. you may it may turn out to be better this way. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, so let's get to some news, and there's some big news out there. Okay, first things first. The sub that was visiting the Titanic has been confirmed to have imploded. Uh, the reason they think it imploded is that the ship was made out of a carbon fiber. Now, carbon fiber is far stronger than, let's say, uh, steel. The problem is it doesn't handle compression. So when you get so deep, the pre- it, the pressure is way too much. It could handle, it could handle, and it imploded. So the ship, they f- did find about 1,600 feet from the Titanic itself. They did find uh, the nose cone. They did find debris. Um, they think that the, I mean... In all seriousness, God bless it, this was lucky. Um, They had milliseconds before this thing blew up, and they never knew what hit them. Um, If you're going to go, that's the way to go. So an instant death would have been a lot better than the hell of basically suffocating to death. So there's that. We'll have more on this because actually the reaction to this has been absolutely horrid. It's been absolutely horrid, and I don't understand how people can be the way they are, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, the Navy apparently did have some sonic equipment that was top secret, classified. Um, they discovered the blowing up of the ship, ship about four days ago. Um, they did tell the rescuers. The rescuers were cruising in the... That's how they knew where to go. Um, they did hold on to that information for a little bit. I'm not sure why, but they did. Uh, of course, the right is blaming the Biden administration for not alerting everyone. It's crap. It's, it's they don't know. If, if the thing did explode, it did. And them telling them anything is not really going to mean much. But so they did find it. They did alert uh, the, the crews. So. And God bless them all. Uh, the Supreme Court hands the Biden administration a win. Uh, now, this case was a weird case. I, I don't know why this even went to the Supreme Court, but it involved Texas ordering ICE to arrest and deport people that were arrested when they crossed the border illegally. So essentially what Texas was doing is they were telling they were telling a federal agency that you need to arrest these people for crossing the border illegally and then deport them. This is obviously well stepping well beyond the state, stepping well beyond its its purview. They have no right to tell a federal government what to do, federal agency what to do, and that's what the Supreme Court ruled. Um, 
surprisingly, it was only 8-1. to one. I thought it would be a 9-0 ruling. This is all on the Biden administration. Now, the Biden administration thinks this is a big win. This is not a big win. You still have a major problem on the border. And it now it is the Supreme Court basically telling the Biden administration, this is all your fault. So uh, the only the only justice that did not that dissented from this ruling was Samuel Alito. So I was a little surprised um, I, I, that uh, uh, the justice um, uh, I can't remember his name for Christ's sake. I can't believe it. That Clarence Thomas did not vote for this one. But I mean, according to the law the state has no right to tell a federal agency what to do and it is the federal agency's responsibility for the border so basically the supreme court they did just flat out blame the biden administration for this mess at the border so i you could i guess you could consider it a win for the biden administration i'm pretty sure that uh, the governor of texas will just go out there and basically say well now the biden administration is basic it's all on them so they're going to have to do something and just bitch and moan. Okay, in the biggest news today, and this is one of the reasons why I'm even having a news, is uh, impeachment. It seems like it's imminent. It, it seems like it's imminent. It seems like it's a done deal. I don't think there's going to be an option. Uh, apparently, Joe Biden was in the room while Hunter was shaking down Ukraine. So, as before, there was kind of a there was. Some evidence, apparently there's a lot of evidence that Joe Biden was bribing Ukraine. Now there's more evidence that Joe Biden was bribing Ukraine and he was doing it with Hunter Biden. That wasn't the only piece of evidence that's out there. Okay, now the evidence, where does it come from? Um, Text messages, visitor logs confirmed that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden were together. And there are, again, phone recordings. It's amazing that Hunter Biden is a lawyer. Because the first thing they tell you, say nothing, make sure nothing's in writing. He has everything in writing. He's got everything recorded. He's got everything uh he's got everything videoed. And he's all stored it all on this laptop that he lost. Absolutely incredible. There is also more evidence that the IRS was covered covering Hunter Biden's issues. Um, he was actually charged for tax evasion in several states, including California, where they were going to take him to court. Um, the states were told to stand down, um, which is incredible. Hunter declared that some of his sex ant- antics, including expenses from a Los Angeles sex club and his paying of prostitutes was considered a business expense, and he actually went to deduct those. So here we're talking tax evasion with intent, and we're talking fraud. All of these things, according to this, these, these, this whistleblower for the IRS, are all felonies. Now, I have to read all these articles. It's, there is so much going on with this character. So much going on with these guys that um, this Wall Street Journal piece is just gigantic. And my God, the Congress is going to have to investigate this. 
There is no way they can, even if it was a Democratic Congress, they can't investigate this. As a matter of fact, this is such a big deal that even Merrick Garland today is going in front of a press conference to start answering questions. Because here's a newsflash, his ass is on the line too, because it's his DOJ that came up with two misdemeanors and a felony for that gun charge and him serving no time. Now it turns out that that diversion program that he he's been given to does not apply to gun crimes. So suddenly everyone's asking, well, why isn't he going to jail now? That's a felony and you can't use diversion for a gun crime. It's an absolute mess. There is no way this is going to be ignored. Okay, let's go to this story. And, and this is a story I... I wanted to do a few days ago, but just things came out. So doctors have it rough right now. Um, They got into the medical profession because they chose a life of helping people. Something they probably never thought they'd have to deal with is their profession of helping people being considered racist. Well, it seems recently not only has their education gotten woke, But now, the tools that they have to determine the health of their patients have gotten woke. So, this is an incredible story. This is from the Daily Wire. The American Medical Association is discouraging. Now, the American Medical Association, that's the main medical association in the United States. The American Medical Association is discouraging doctors from using only body mass index, BMI, to measure whether a person is a healthy body weight because the system is, get wait for it, racist. BMI has been widely used because it is easily measured, is inexpensive, and has specific cutoff points for the overweight and obese classifications. And the AMA said in a post on its website Wednesday, um, now, here's, here's the thing. The body mass index, and this is kind of true, the body mass index is not the best and only way to measure someone's if someone's overweight. And there are times when the BMI is actually a really bad way to measure body weight. Athletes is an example, especially when you're talking about somebody like a bodybuilder. Now, a bodybuilder's body mass is going to be far higher than just a regular guy like me. And that's because muscle is taking up most of their mass, not fat. Not to mention muscle mass. That's why one of the reasons athletes don't sit there and weigh themselves is because they're typically more muscle and more muscle equals more weight. So BMI for a bodybuilder is going to be a bad example or any type of athlete is going to be a bad example. If you see women who look like they're absolutely cut, they're very toned because they work out real well, and they're not full bodybuilders, but they work out, they're going to weigh more. There's a gal I used to work with. The gal had a body that could stop traffic, and she was a bodybuilder. She wasn't a, a big, make myself look like a man type of bodybuilder. She was just worried mostly about tone. And I asked her, you know, how much do you weigh? She was literally, she was probably five foot two. And she said, I weigh 150 pounds. I said, 150 pounds? She goes, yeah, it's because it's my muscle. BMI for her would not have helped because it would have said she has more body mass than 
the average person, and therefore it's obese. Here's the problem with that argument, okay, is that uh, most of us are not bodybuilders. Most of us are not high-level athletes. So to sit back and say, as they say, however, BMI has been used as racist exclusion and has caused historical harm in the medical organization, yeah, that doesn't apply to 99.9% of us. Because 99.9% of us don't do any of that stuff. And the BMI would work fine. So in a press release, the American Medical Association decided to release this. Under the newly adopted policy, the AMA recognizes issues used with using BMI as a measurement due to its historical harm. It's used for racist exclusion, and because BMI is primarily on data collected from previous generations of non-Hispanic white populations. Okay, so basically, it's a white thing. That's all it is. Okay, well, here's the problem. Yes, there are other ways to measure, measure BMI. And when you're an athlete, they use those other measures. But again... For the average person, BMI works. Okay, I can tell you're really heavy. You've got a big gut. I don't need to measure you. You need to cut your BMI down. You're too heavy. I don't need to go through um, floating, the floating technique, which actually puts someone in water and measures how they float in the water to determine how much fat they have. We don't need to use calibration tools to figure out how much body mass on the average person. You can just look at them, have them take off their shirt. If a man has more uh, bigger breasts, if a man has more around his waist, his body mass is too much. You can sit there. Your BMI is way too high. You need to, to lower your weight. Or a lot of scales, you can actually go on to a scale, it'll measure your BMI. You do not need to go through anything more than that. You can just tell. Athletes, that's a different story. But hey, let's take away a tool. Because blacks and Hispanics have a tendency to have higher BMI than white people. Here's something wild and crazy. Okay, instead of going woke and getting rid of a tool for doctors... Why can't we just, I don't know, ask why black and Hispanic populations have a higher BMI than white populations? And by the way, the BMI for white populations is exceptionally high in certain areas of the United States. Texas, Alabama, Georgia. BMI altogether is higher in those states. Mississippi, Missouri. It, it's higher in those states altogether. It doesn't matter whether you're black, Hispanic, or white. But why are white Americans in, let's say, California have a lower BMI than black Americans in California? And why is the BMI for black Americans in California about the same as the BMI for black Americans in Texas, Mississippi, Missouri, Georgia, and Alabama? Could it be a cultural reason? I don't know. I think that's a study we should get into. And by the way, that's a study there that are out there, and they do have reasons why that happens. But we got to ignore that. Instead of teaching people how to take responsibility for their own lives, let's just get rid. And it, it's all it, it all has to do with that fat positivity bullshit too. Which I, if you go go to my videos, I've got another one coming out with a more fat positivity crap. So. Um, yeah, no, if you're, if you're overweight, you're overweight. I want the doctor to tell me I'm overweight. 
I've had doctors tell me, you know what, you're fat. I mean, I've had a doctor tell me flat out, you're fat, you need to lose 20, 30 pounds. And what did I do? I lost 20, 30 pounds. That's how it works. That's what a doctor's there for. It's not there to, to make you feel racially justified or make you feel good about yourself. That's not what a doctor's life it, uh, career is about. A doctor's career is about making sure you don't die early. But we don't care, and the left doesn't care. The left loves death for some reason. I mean, therefore abortion, therefore euthanasia, therefore cutting off the, the genitals of kids, raising their chance at, at suicide by 40%. I don't know why, what it is, but... Okay, so, you know, this, this next story, um, this is when the law becomes a real benefit for those of us that is not woke. And woke corporations, there are two ways that woke corporations are going to learn. One, you don't spend your money there. And two, you sue them. Well, this is, we already know with Bud Light and Target, not going and spending your money, yeah, they'll change their tune. Starbucks might just learn through the other route being sued. So according to the Post Millennial, a former manager for Starbucks was awarded $25.6 million on Monday after a federal jury in New Jersey unanimously found that she had been fired because of her race. Shannon Phillips, who is white, received $25 million in punitive damages and $600,000 in compensatory damages. She is reported reportedly seeking further compensation for lost wages. Now, I want to assume that the the further damages involves the fact that she's never going to be a regional manager again. This gal was a regional manager. She is going to have a hard time finding a job just like that. And she's probably saying, you know what, I'm in her 50s. I'm in my 50s. I might as well get everything I can because I'm never going to get to where I was before in the short time I have left in the workforce. So she's probably asking for future considerations. And you know what? And I'm, I'm not a lawsuit guy. I think there's tons of wasted lawsuits out there. She should get it. Okay, now, where did this come from? Um, okay, well, we'll read on. Phillips was terminated in 2018 in response to backlash against Starbucks after two black men, Rashawn Nelson and Dante Robinson, were arrested while waiting for a business associate at one of the many Philadelphia locations she oversaw. Employees at the Center, uh, Center City Philadelphia Cafe called the police on the pair after they were asked to use, after they asked to use the washroom but hadn't ordered anything. Now, what the story does fail to point out in the post-millennial, which I think is just they wanted to shorten the story up, is um, the two were throwing an absolute fit. They couldn't use the restroom. The two were in the rest. The restaurant was overcrowded, and the two were sitting at a table without ordering anything while customers who did buy something um, were drinking coffee. They were not asked to leave. They were just said, you can't use the restroom because restrooms are for, quote, customers only, end quote, which, by the way, is every restaurant. You, every restaurant you walk into is going to have a sign, restrooms for customers only. It also fails to mention, so it's Starbucks policy. It also fails to mention that these two threw such a fit that 
um, the police, instead of just escorting them out, had to handcuff them. That's what kind of fit they were throwing. So, yeah, there's some things here that, that aren't really allayed. Continuing with the article, and there's more. Let's read the rest of the article. Phillips claimed in her 2020 lawsuit that her firing had been racially motivated. She said she was targeted despite not having any direct influence on the decision to call the police. Her allegations were backed up by a testimony of Paul Sykes, a black supervisor of the, a black supervisor of the employee who made the 911 call. Sykes argued that the fact he did not face any disciplinary actions while Phillips was let go showed that Starbucks had acted in a manner that exhibited racial bias. So let's get this straight. This gal was a regional manager. She's also very woke, by the way. Okay? She had all her tags were all woke statements. Okay? She didn't even call the police. It was done by the black supervisor. Starbucks needed a patsy, so they decided this gal should be our patsy because she's white. They didn't do anything to the black guy that actually called the police. I would say this is racist. This is not even racially biased. This is flat out racist. Now, in this article, and by the way, Post Millennial is a conservative, uh, conservative news outlet, but no one actually blamed did anything to the two guys that were not customers. They're not blaming them. They're not... They threw a fit. I mean, the police actually arrested them because they were throwing such a fit, but no one seems... Everyone seems to have forgotten these guys. Why didn't these guys get sued? Okay, so people are going to need to do this. They're going to need, when this stuff happens, and this stuff is happening a lot... More than we know. They're going to have to use the legal system. And by the way, yes, we are systemically racist in this country. I know, I, I've said this more than once, but I say that it, we are systemically racist, but it's not against black people. Black people have the advantages of the legal system now. They have advantages in the culture now. What's systemically racist is our is against white people or non-black, even Hispanics. They, the past article, they mentioned that Hispanics were overweight and BMI affected that. Well, yeah, it does, but Hispanics are being seen as white adjacent now. And now with Muslims actually fighting against this trans thing, you wait, Muslims will be seen as white adjacent soon. So this is going to be against White people and anybody, Asians already seen as white adjacent, and anybody who conforms to any type of culture that whites embrace. For example, being on time. We talked about that. Being responsible. We talked about that. All that is considered white supremacy. Well, when the entire system sees all that as white supremacy, okay, that means it's just, the system is becoming racist against that, which is against white people. Okay, so be prepared to pay an extra dollar for your macchiato because that's going to end up happening. Okay, here, here's another one. You know, Barack Obama, um, that poor bastard, he, he can't be satisfied with the millions and millions of dollars he makes from, from wherever 
I mean, he makes millions from Netflix and stuff like that. He's still got to stay in the news. And um, he all he does is he proves he's still a tyrant. That's what he proves. So according to The Blaze, former President Barack Obama proposed last week that digital fingerprints should be used to combat misinformation. Speaking with David Axelrod about the rise of artificial intelligence technology, Obama predicted that misinformation will plague the 2024 presidential campaign and stressed a need to police digital authenticity. You know what? I got to tell you, I bet he is worried about, quote, misinformation, end quote. Not anything would not that it would have anything to do with preventing senile old Joe from becoming president. I don't think he gives a damn whether Joe Biden becomes president, even though technically this is his third term as president, because I think he is running a lot more than a lot of people think. And not that he likes Joe Biden. He can't stand Joe Biden. He's never Joe Biden's a racist. He can't stand Joe Biden. I think the reason he cares about the information that's going to come out, or the misinformation, in scare quotes, that's going to come out, is that Barack knew that Joe Biden was taking bribes from Ukraine. Joe Biden was the vice president. He knew Joe Biden was going to Ukraine. Joe Biden said, admitted uh, his quid pro quo with getting the prosecutor fired in Ukraine to protect Burisma, in which his son illegitimately sat on the board. He's worried about his own legacy, and he's worried that a lot of this crap is going to come out, and it is coming out. Just rewind and listen to the news. We're going to find out that that Barack Obama knew a lot. This stuff is coming, and he knows it's coming, and he doesn't want it to come out. And the best way, the only way he can deal with this is to suppress it. And that's why he's, he's sitting there screaming, hey, we need to get rid of this stuff because we can't debate it. Okay, continuing with the article. Quote, because I was the, the first, di- this is Barack Obama talking, because I was the first digital president, when I left office, I was probably the most recorded, filmed, photographed human in history, which is kind of a weird thing. You know what's kind of a weird thing is that this guy is just so egocentric, so narcissistic, he thinks everything about him is historic. And continuing, but just the, but just the odds are that I was... As a consequence, there are a lot of raw material out there. So usually all the deep fakes start with some version of Obama doing something, dancing, saying dirty limericks or whatever, right? That's technology. Or, you know, saying something that kind of points that Joe Biden's corruption was also part of your administration's corruption. Kind of like the clip of Joe Biden saying that he got the prosecutor fired to give Ukraine a billion dollars? You mean something like that? Yeah, I think that's what we're... Because Barack Obama saying a dirty limerick or cussing or dancing or wearing a tan suit, no one cares. I mean, seriously, nobody cares. Um, but yeah, I'd be, I'd be worried too. And I don't think we're going to need AI or anything to actually create those videos. But you wait. They're going to come up with that. The article continues. uh, Obama continues speaking. Quote, 
The need for us, for the general public, I think, to be more discriminating consumers of news and information, the need for us to, over time, develop technologies to create watermarks or digital fingerprints so we know what is true and what is not true. Okay, a couple problems here. One, um, we should be discriminating consumers of news, which means people who take in the news news should actually be looking this stuff up. I don't talk about anything here without having two sources. So I confirm absolutely. Matter of fact, there are stories out there that I have not brought up because I just can't confirm them. Confirm them. And I just will wait until I see multiple stories come out. Now, the bad news is is that you're hearing sometimes you're hearing news that you've never you've heard before. That's the bad news. The good news is that I'm not going to be BSing and apologizing later. So there is a reason. But consumers should be doing this. There are going to be consumers that do. There are going to be consumers that don't. But it's up to the consumer to do that. If they spread misinformation, okay, they spread misinformation. And by the way, creating watermarks and digital fingerprints, for what? For what? Is it so that you can go after the people when they, they post something? Yeah, exactly. We've already seen that's been happening a lot lately where people say something on social media and the police are are knocking on the door. And then this brings us to to really the main point. Who determines what's misinformation? So let's just say Joe Biden for years has been saying he had nothing to do with his son's dealings and things like that. That is all misinformation, disinformation, Russian disinformation, all that. Now we're finding out it's all true. So what was misinformation and disinformation two years ago suddenly is true? And who determined it was misinformation and disinformation? The Biden administration. Okay, and that's not the only thing. The Biden the Biden laptop was misinformation. The vaccine, uh, the effectiveness of the vaccines, if you question that, that was misinformation. If you questioned about whether masks were any good, that was misinformation. If you questioned whether COVID came from a Chinese lab, that was considered misinformation. Heck, today, if you say a man can't be a woman, YouTube still marks you as disinformation. Who's determining disinformation here? And we're hearing, the more we live in today's age, we are finding out more and more that this disinformation is actually these conspiracy theories that they keep saying we have, they're not really conspiracy theories. They're actually all true. All of this stuff I just said was considered conspiracy theories. Well, we know who's going to determine misinformation. It's going to be people like Joe Biden, people like Barack Obama. They're the ones that are going to determine mis- and disinformation. And even though I'm not a huge fan of Donald Trump, I'm a huge fan of his policies. And one of his policies is you should be able to say whatever the hell you want. Ron DeSantis, Elon Musk, all of these guys, same thing. Hey, you should be able to say what you want. And that brings us to another story about misinformation and disinformation. I haven't checked this out. Um... And we're going to talk about this next week a little, because I want to do, Elon Musk said he would mark cis, anybody who used the term cisgender 
to attack another individual on Twitter, Twitter would actually mark that as um, uh, as a hate speech. I don't think he used I I don't think he used the, the the language, but it would be marked. Basically, he's not going to kick the person off. He's not going to remove the tweet. He's just going to add one of his little uh, disclaimers saying cisgender isn't a real thing. I think this is a fantastic idea. Now, one of the reasons I don't want to talk too much about that, speaking of free speech, I don't want to talk a lot about that, is because I'm learning about the origins of the term cisgender, which came from the term cissexual. And where it came from is as disturbing as where the term gender came from when gender changed its definition. Gender changed its definition. We can point to an exact, we can point to a date. It happened in 1955. And the guy who changed the the term, uh, the definition of gender was John Money, a pedophile, by the way. We know exactly when and who changed the definition of gender that these guys quote all the time. Well, guess what? We also know where cisgender came from and cissexual came from. We're going to talk about that on Monday because I, I do want to I do want to research this a little bit. Okay, so that was basically the stories I didn't cover this week. I've gotten more, a lot more. Unfortunately, the weekends. So, we're going to we're just going to move forward. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope um You have a great weekend. I hope do whatever you want. Have a good time. Be safe. Uh, God bless. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.